Good morning. Welcome to the live stream worship service of Mayflower Church. We're so happy that you've chosen to spend your Sunday morning with us. Although we're not here together in the building, we celebrate our unity of spirit and that we can virtually have a shared worship experience. I am the Reverend Ruth Bell Olson, and together with Reverend Dr. Jonathan White, we are your interim pastoral team, and we're thrilled to be here. Dr. Julia Brown, our music director, Scott Bosher, our choir director, Pat McGuire, our live stream engineer, and Ryan Potts, our cantor, are also here this morning to serve and lead worship. Today, we are commemorating World Communion Sunday. This tradition began in a Presbyterian church in 1936, and since then, the celebration has grown into an international ecumenical celebration of Christian unity. How apropos to be focused today on how we as Christians can be unified in a world that feels so divisive. And now I would like to invite Dr. Julia Brown, our music director, director, to share a word on today's music. We remind ourselves on World Communion Sunday that we are a part of a greater whole and that the worldwide church is at the same time united in Christ and yet diverse in the ways it looks and believes and worships and acts. As we look at both our unity and our diversity on a global scale, it helps us feel that we are not alone and that together we have far more power as a force of Christ's love than we can sometimes feel as an individual congregation. It also helps us appreciate the differences we have within our own community and realize that our diversity of perspectives, personalities, and gifts is a strength to be celebrated. And in our music today, we have sonic representations of this diversity and this unity. For example, our opening hymn, the text by William Keith, a paraphrase of Psalm 100, set to a music from the Genevan Psalter. These are all from the 1500s and have been sung for these many centuries all around the world. From that to a setting of the spiritual, he's got the whole world in his hands set by Moses Hogan and sung by Ryan Potts this morning. And then as a closing hymn, the Jamaican folk tune set to words by Carl Hahn, uh, Fred Kahn, sorry, um, let us talents in tongues employ. It emphasizes the importance of everyone's talents and everyone's presence. And now I invite Chris Edgar, former moderator of Mayflower, to come up with some exciting news. Thank you, Julia. I'm Chris Edgar. I'm a former moderator of Mayflower Church. I'm currently part of a small fundraising committee consisting of four former church moderators, and we've been working on a very, very exciting project. Dr. Julia Brown, our music director, 
has been offered an immediate opportunity, a dream come true, to acquire a spectacular Bosendorfer piano for the growth, well-being, and impact of Mayflower's music program. Bosendorfer is considered one of the top piano builders in the world, along with Steinway. This Bosendorfer will greatly expand our music outreach and offer concert possibilities in our atrium. Mayflower's leadership, including our executive committee, has enthusiastically endorsed this fundraising effort because they recognize the absolutely unique opportunity that we have. Their only caveat is that the fundraising has to be completed by the end of October so as not to conflict with our November pledge drive. Our objective is to raise $40,000. We have had some very generous donors lay the foundations to raise this amount. Now, we turn to you to ask for your support. The, this is not a new instrument, but it is a beautifully cared for instrument. If it were new, it would cost about $178,000. How can you help? If you would like to make a gift toward the piano project, you can write a check to Mayflower Congregational Church and be sure to put piano on the memorandum line of your check. Or you can call Andy Ely here at the church to make a credit card payment. If you have any questions or would like more information, please do not hesitate to reach out for me and the other former moderators on the committee Larry Robson, Barbara Holman, and John Schneider. You may also reach out for Julia, if you prefer. We are very excited about the possibility of Mayflower adding such a spectacular instrument to its already impressive musical instrument selection. Thank you so much, Chris and Julia, for sharing this exciting opportunity. So we have an announcement regarding youth group. Due to the cold weather, we will not be having Elevate tonight. So please make sure the high schoolers and middle schoolers know um, not to come tonight. So please note, we will have our communion liturgy this morning in our live stream service. And at noon today, all are invited to our front lawn for an outdoor World Communion Sunday Eucharist. Please bring your own communion elements, safely distance from one another, and dress warmly. Hunger, gather, gladly, holy 
mercies are food. Taste and see the grace eternal. Taste and see that God is good. Let us begin our worship with our call to worship. World Communion Sunday is a time for remembering. Remembering that people all over the world are celebrating the Lord's Supper. This is a time of joy. This is a time for unity. Let us come to worship this morning fully alive with joy and ready to embrace the unity of Christ. Come, let us worship Jesus our Lord. Join the opening prayer by praying the responses printed in bold aloud. Holy God, the heavens declare your glory, the skies proclaim the work of your hands. Help us to look up and not miss this. Your law is perfect, it refreshes the soul. Your statutes are trustworthy and make the simple wise. 
Help us to trust you, to follow you, and to be wise. Your precepts are right and give joy to the heart. Your commands are radiant and give light to our eyes. Help us to respect you so that we might have joy and light. And may the words of our mouths and the meditations of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our Redeemer. Amen. reading this morning are the words of Paul from the book of Philippians, chapter 3, verses 4b through 14. If anyone else has reason to be confident in the flesh, I have more. Circumcised on the eighth day, a member of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew born of Hebrews, as to the law of Pharisee, as to zeal a persecutor of the church, as to righteousness under the law, blameless. Yet whatever gains I had, these I have come to regard as loss because of Christ. More than that, I regard everything as loss because of the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake I have suffered the loss of all things, and I regard them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ. And be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but one that comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God based on faith. I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection and the sharing of his sufferings by becoming like him in his death, if somehow I may attain the resurrection from the dead. Not that I have already obtained this or have already reached the goal, but I press on to make it my own, because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Beloved, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but this one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the heavenly call of God in Christ Jesus. Our second scripture reading this morning is from Matthew 21, verses 33 through 41. Listen to another parable. There was a landowner who planted a vineyard, put a fence around it, dug a wine press in it, and built a watchtower. Then he leased it to tenants and went to another country. When the harvest time had come, 
he sent his slaves to the tenants to collect his produce. But the tenants seized his slaves and beat one, killed another, and stoned another. Again, he sent other slaves, more than the first, and they treated them in the same way. Finally, he sent his son to them, saying, They will respect my son. But when the tenants saw the son, they said to themselves, This is the heir. Come, let us kill him and get his inheritance. So they seized him, threw him out of the vineyard, and killed him. Now when the owner of the vineyard comes, what will he do to those tenants? They said to him, He will put those wretches to a miserable death and lease the vineyard to other tenants who will give him the produce at the harvest time. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Will you pray with me? Holy One, open our ears that we may hear, our eyes that we may see, our minds so that we may think and critically analyze, our hearts that we may care, and our hands so when we leave this hour of worship, we leave in service. We ask this in the name of the Christ. Amen. We are evangelicals, and that means we believe in the good news. The Greek word from which evangelical derives talks about good news, and that good news is Christ. But there is a dark side to that. For 2,000 years, the Christian Church, Orthodox and Catholic, Protestant, and other branches, for 2,000 years, we have persecuted Jews. That's ironic, because Jesus was a Jew. That's ironic because most of the New Testament was written by Jews. It's ironic because the first Christians were Jews. How did this happen? Well, we read things into the Gospels. We look at a parable like today and assume that as Gentiles came into the church, that the wicked tenets are the Jewish people who rejected Jesus. And then we make the biggest mistake of all, saying the Jewish people who crucified Jesus. The Jewish people did not crucify Jesus. The Romans did, on a Roman instrument by Roman law. The governor, the Roman governor, ordered the execution. That parable, being misinterpreted, can send so many bad messages. What Jesus was trying to get across in Matthew's story is the idea that religious authority does not define the love of God. The people who work 
in the vineyard, the tenants. They're trying to displace God's authority. And they even think, we'll inherit. That doesn't make any sense. They're not family members. We'll inherit the vineyard if we kill his son. Jesus, speaking to the religious authorities, said, what do you think the owner is going to do? And they condemned themselves. Why? They'll take care of those people. The owner will punish them. In fact, he'll punish them severely. And Jesus points out, well, you said it. It's a parable about authority and a parable about God's authority. There's a hidden message there, too, that I believe Matthew is trying to get across. And that's God's unconditional love. Notice what keeps happening to the servants who go to the tenants. They are beaten. They are killed. They're thrown out. And yet the owner says, I'll even send my own son. Then they'll listen. The other side of that parable is the owner of the vineyard who, no matter how many times he hears no, keeps knocking and knocking, keeps moving forth, keeps reaching forth to embrace. That's unconditional love, and that's the right way to interpret Matthew. Unconditional love. We don't deserve it. We didn't earn it. The good works we do don't work us into that grace. It is just given unconditionally by a cosmic power that we cannot fully understand. My buddy, lifelong buddy, Lieutenant Colonel Jim Bolger, retired from the Michigan State Police, once said so profoundly, you know, I never really understood God's unconditional love until I had grandchildren. Grandchildren changed the whole definition of love. Oh, I agree with Jim. Two years ago, we had taken our family uh, our grown children uh, and uh, grandchildren to a lake. There was a paddle boat on the lake, and our grandson, Sam, about five years old, went out on the paddle boat with me. We were out on the lake just going along, and he said, Papa, you can put your arm around me. So I put my arm around him as we paddled. And he just leaned into me and put his arm around me. And he said, Papa, we will always like each other. And we will always be friends. I laughed and hugged him a little harder and said, Sam, we will always love each other. And we will always be family. And then I said, I will love you forever, 
no matter what you do. You are my grandson. And we cruised around the lake. I think, if I have time to reflect at the end of my life, that's one of the stories I'll remember. Well, unconditional love is something given by God that we seek. Teresa of Avila says, all you have to do is enter the room. She said, imagine that your soul is an interior castle, a diamond with many rooms. You go into the first room searching for God. There are other rooms, there are other mansions where you can go. But just to step into the first room is to understand that you are loved unconditionally. It's to see that there is Christ inside you. And Christ radiates in the interior castle. And Christ is in everybody. When you see that, you experience the unconditional love. If we look at Paul's argument today in Philippians, Paul is also arguing, yeah, you you don't have to follow a bunch of religious rules in order to experience it. Once you experience the Christ, once you have that aha moment, once you see that Christ is in you and Christ is in everybody else. It's something that grabs you and you don't ever want to let go. It's something that gives meaning to your life. It's something that allows you to treat your friends, your family, your enemies, people you don't like an entirely different way. It turns the world up on its head because Christ is in everyone and you can see the risen and living Christ in the world today. Paul does not want to let go of that. That's why he says everything else is immaterial. It's Christ. Christ gives me meaning. Christ gives me life. Thomas Merton talked about that in his book, The Seven-Story Mountain. As he came in the monastery Gethsemane to realize the presence of the cosmic Christ, he was out in a city and looked around on a busy street. It suddenly struck them. I love these people, Merton said to himself. They reflect Christ. Richard Rohr says, when you look inside, when you see the depth of Christ, you don't want to lose it. It's unconditional love. It transforms you. It defines you. Now, like Paul says, 
Does that mean we've obtained it? By no means. Rohr said uh, once at the end of a service, a woman came up for Eucharist and he said, I had to fight with myself to celebrate the Eucharist with her because she stands for everything I'm against. Oh, we're still going to struggle with that. Paul says, haven't attained it yet. But like St. Teresa says, we can walk into the first room. And as a gift from God, we may go to the second, or the third, or the fourth, or whatever God's grace decides to allow. Can't describe it. Can't tell people where you were. But it changes that interior castle. Today, with every Christian around the world, we are breaking down the barriers that separate us. Unfortunately, while we sing in Christ, there is no east nor west. There is east and west. There's north and south. There's Orthodox and Catholic and Protestants, and Protestants divide among themselves. There are Coptics. There are all types of other branches of Christianity. Some of us we wouldn't even recognize as Christianity. But today, there is one bread, one body, one Lord of all. And maybe, just maybe, as we celebrate virtually and then finally getting together on our front lawn, just maybe God will give you the grace today to see the presence of Christ in the world. Tom Bogart was a professor of Old Testament at Western Theological Seminary. Tom challenged his students all the time, use your imagination. Your imagination is God-given, and it lets you speak a holy language. In Tom's tradition, I would like to invite you to use your imagination this morning. It's hard to see unconditional love, so please imagine this. You're on a very calm lake in a paddle boat. And a person that you love more than life itself is beside you. Your arm is around that person. And that person's arm is around you. And you say, whether we're related or not, we're family. And I'll always love you. And then imagine standing behind the bench 
riding along with you, there is a being. One hand is on that person you love. One hand is on you. And you hear the whisper, I'll always love you. And you'll always be part of my family. I love you unconditionally. That's the owner of the vineyard. That is the Christ. That is our God. In the name of God the Creator, God the Holy Savior, and God the Holy Spirit. Amen. invitation to participate today in the morning offering and in blessing this community. Your gifts also empower the outreach of Mayflower to bless those in need in Grand Rapids and across the globe. Thank you for giving.
Christians throughout the world, with every denomination, every sect, we come to this table today. We come not because we have earned it. We come not because we are able. We come because there is an invitation. That invitation is issued by Christ himself. That invitation is the invitation to see the Christ, to become part of the Christ, to experience the Christ. So we come to this table in celebration. So no matter where you are, no matter what elements you are using, no matter what symbol you may have, Just pray that those elements are transformed and become part of you as you are part of Christ. Come from the east and come from the west. Come from the north and come from the south. 
young or old, Gentile or Jew, woman or man, no more. Come to the table where there is one bread, one body, one Lord of all, and sing with the whole company of heaven. Praise the name of God and join in the unending hymn. Thanks, O Lord, that you have called us to this table. We give you thanks for your unconditional love. We give you thanks for the joy of our life, for the unification with Christ. Hear us as we proclaim the holy mystery. Christ has died. Christ is risen Christ will come again Amen O God as you bring your Holy Spirit to churches around the globe this day we ask that the Spirit fall on this communion we pray for the church in the whole world sanctify her life Renew her worship. Give power to her witnessing. Restore her unity. Give strength to those who are searching together for that kind of obedience which creates unity. Heal the divisions separating your children one from another so that they will make fast with bonds of peace the unity which the Spirit gives. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. On the night that he was betrayed, Jesus took bread, gave thanks, and broke it and said, This is my body, which is broken for you. Ministering to you in the name of Jesus Christ, we share this breath.
In the same manner, he took this cup, and he said, In this cup of of the new covenant, poured out for the remission of sins. As often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do so in remembrance of me. Ministering to you in the name of Christ, we share this cup. Help us rise in your resurrection power from this table where you, the ruler of the universe, have served us by your own hand, that we may extend your arms of peace to a world at war. This we ask through Christ, in Christ, with Christ, in the unity of the Holy Spirit. And let us pray together the prayer of Christ. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. After they finished the first Eucharist, they went into the garden and sang a hymn. Hear now this hymn of joy. and tongues employ reaching out with a shout of joy bread is broken the wine is poured Christ is spoken and seen and heard Jesus lives again earth can breathe again pass the word around loaves abound Jesus lives again earth can breathe again pass the word around Abound. Christ is able to make us one. At the table he sets the tone, teaching people to live and bless, love in word and in deed express. Jesus lives again, earth can breathe. 
breathe again. Pass the word around, laws abound. Jesus lives again, earth can breathe again. Pass the word around, laws abound. Jesus calls us in, sends us out, bearing fruit. In a world of doubt, gives us love to tell, bread to share. God Emmanuel everywhere. Jesus lives again, earth can breathe again. Pass the word around, loaves abound. Jesus lives again, earth can breathe again. Pass the word around, loaves abound. loved unconditionally. So friends, whether you're on top of the world or the world is on top of you, remember that God is love. Remember that Christ is love. And let that love shine in you and look for that love in others. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen.